0: Hey friends, welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. I'm your host, Lauren Jackson, and today's episode is with two incredible Kids Ministry staff members from the Summit Church in North Carolina. Tyler and Megan has served on staff at the Summit Church for so many years, and together we cover a ton of topics in this episode. There is definitely something for everyone. To give you a quick roadmap for our episode, we kick it off by talking about VBS and Sleepaway Camp. Then we shift gears to talking about how to have gospel conversations and how to partner with parents every step of the way. You are going to love the evangelistic approach Summit Kids has on VBS and how they equip their teams to practice intentional discipleship. Before we jump into the conversation with Tyler and Megan, I am so excited to announce our summer intensive program. Our summer intensive is a six-week program designed to help you focus on the foundations of kids ministry, grow in confidence as a leader, prepare for the next season of ministry, and hopefully make some new friends that can support you, encourage you, and pray for you along the way. If you find yourself stumbling into fall launch, the summer intensive is perfect to help you set goals, think strategically, and kick off the fall season more organized with a clearer vision and mission in mind. Registration starts in one week. So head over to kidsministrycircle.com slash cohort to sign up to get the first access to register. Spots are limited, so do not wait. Now, on to my conversation with Tyler and Megan. Tyler and Megan, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having us, Lauren. It's great to be here.
2: Yeah, we're excited.
3: Great. Um, Okay, so why don't we start the episode By having you guys introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, how you got started in kids ministry, and what your current role is.
1: Great. I'll go first. My name is Megan Willis. I have been on staff with the summit for 11 years. Um, Honestly, ministry was just kind of dropped in my lap. Um, It had always been something that I thought I was interested in. Um, but never thought it would happen. And here we are 11 years later. Um, I watched our kids ministry at my campus grow from 50 kids to over 400 kids. Um, And I'm just having a blast being able to love and serve um, the kids and families at our campus. That's awesome. I love that. Tyler, what about you?
2: yeah so i like to one up megan after she goes so i um i've been here for 12 years okay and um i i can't honestly like what megan's done at at, uh the campus that she's at is actually pretty incredible um i was given the amount of kids that i have if i'm being honest but i'm at the broadcast location i'm the kids pastor um at our broadcast location at the summit and um we we have just seen a lot of growth, especially coming back from COVID. But we just had a weekend where we were over six hundred, um, and so that was, uh, yeah. But the more important part is we had enough leaders ready for it, and so that that was exciting. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and then uh, we're gearing up for the summer. I think like most everybody, and so all the mm-hmm. plans that are going into uh, how and why we do VBS is is coming back uh, around. Um, yep. So.
3: That's awesome. How exciting to see not only growth after COVID, but Megan, for you to be at a church long enough to see that much growth from where it began to where it is now. And that's just such a sweet spot to be in to reflect and be like, man, God has been so faithful because I'm sure it hasn't always been an upward trajectory. I'm sure there were seasons where you had less kids and you had this, maybe this question of like, oh, are we going to? grow more. This kind of it. And so um, it's always fun to hear those stories. So the reason why I wanted you guys to jump on the podcast is not only because you guys are, you come highly recommended to me as some incredible kids ministry leaders, but also I wanted to talk kind of specifically about summer. As Tyler, you just mentioned, camp is coming, VBS is coming, and as a multi-site church with multiple campuses, everyone does this a little bit differently, and um, I'm sure even Tyler, your campus looks to, maybe looks different than Megan's campus or a campus an, across town. And so, I would just love to hear kind of your maybe philosophy around VBS. And I know sometimes this is like a hot. I feel like this is always a hot topic in kids ministry of like, why do VBS? Are kids just church hopping from one VBS to another? Like what's the ultimate goal of VBS? So I would love to hear from your kind of perspective and maybe the perspective of Summit Kids on why is this important? Why does this continue to be a week that you put on your calendar in your ministry?
1: Yeah, VBS is a really important week for us. Um, I think that there definitely are lowering kids that go from church to church and um, and attend as many VBSs as they can, but you know what? That's them hearing the gospel over and over and over again. Um, one of the big things that we push with VBS over the summer is that it's the greatest um, time, the greatest week in our kids' lives over a year that they really get to think about what evangelism is, um, mm-hmm. that it's an opportunity for our kids Um, To think about the people in their lives who don't know Jesus and then to be able to talk to mom and dad and make a plan and pray about it and then reach out to um, those friends that um, they want to share the gospel with to bring them to a place that um, isn't as formal as a Sunday morning um, to a place that they're going to have fun and be able to connect with other people um, but ultimately a place where they're going to be able to hear the good news about Jesus and how he loves each and every single one of them. Mm -hmm. That's awesome.
3: Uh, okay. So thinking about VBS, thinking specifically about how you guys do VBS, I would love to know kind of what are some key moments that you're like, Hey, this is what we put in our kids camp every single year. Like your curriculum may change the Bible stories may change, but what are some of those key things that maybe even are the same from campus to campus? Talk about those, like, Hey, this is a part of the VBS culture
0: at summit church.
2: Yeah. So um, we had to decide in our DNA that the reason that we do VBS was that we want our kids to grow as a witness. In other words, to grow Mm -hmm. as uh, someone who invites. And so for that, That means we have to be intentional with how we promote it. Um, So, one of the big things that we do, or at least we've we've tried to do, and we're trying to improve upon, is like, how do we leverage the Sunday morning to coach kids? And how do we leverage our parent communication to coach families on how to invite um, kids? And so, we've come up with things like a family uh, plan or approach to VBS where we celebrate different marks leading up to VBS, um, including if the person they invited decided not to come we still celebrate the ask you know and mm-hmm. things like that i think that's super important and then from a uh, curriculum side maybe um before, we try to we have vbs and then we have kids camp at the end of summer and so vbs sets up our time for camp like we try okay. to make it theme throughout the summer you know so like from a curriculum side if it's very evangelistic uh, at the at VBS, because, hey, kids who have never been in the church, hopefully mm-hmm. are in the church at camp. It's OK. Now we're going to build now. We're not preaching a new gospel because the gospel is not new, but uh, we're going to build on this, that this is the same gospel that is going to we're going to continue to theme that. And it teaches our kids kind of a a 201 of how we're going to continue to grow in the gospel at camp. Um, yeah. And with that, I mean, you know, you run into people deciding to follow Jesus at both, but um, that's just kind of how we think about it.
1: Yeah. I think one of the other things that's built into our DNA for VBS as well, in thinking through that thread that's going to go from the beginning of summer until the end of the summer, we also try to have that story of creation, fall, redemption, restoration in VBS. Mm -hmm. Um, Every single year, the stories may change. We're going to tell it a little bit differently. We may focus you know, a little bit more on one part of the other, but all four of those components will consistently be in our VBS curriculum. And we always end the week blatantly sharing the gospel with kids and hopefully their families, if they're able to come on like a family night with them as well. Yeah,
3: that's awesome. I love how you are like connecting the whole summer because I feel like sometimes VBS can feel like a one-off and when families come either to church on Sunday or go to the next event, there's just not, there's not a good connection between the two. And so I like how you guys have strategically thought about, well, this happens at the beginning of summer, but then this happens at the end of the summer. And I just think that is really smart for, especially for those churches that do have two events in the summer, trying to find a way to connect them. But I do want to go back to the evangelism piece, because I think this is really unique to the way that you guys focus on this piece for VBS. And I would love for you to kind of dissect a little bit. What does that actually look like on Sunday morning to train these kids, how to make that ask or how to encourage and equip families to make that ask? What does that actually look like? So for example, VBS is probably two months away, less than two months away for you guys, maybe. So like, how are you guys preparing kids right now?
2: Yeah. So um, this is a little bit where we get creative in the context of like our different campuses. Mm -hmm. Um, So like on one sense, like maybe through our curriculum or something like that, it's like four weeks out, we begin to put it in our large group talks as a part of it. Right. And so that's probably where we unite through that. And then on the other sense, each campus may have different things that they can do. Um so like Apex or let me not speak for Apex. <laughs> I'm gonna speak for Capitol Hills. So we we have a bunch of neighborhoods around here, right? Mm-hmm. We have uh um like we uh those neighborhoods can be very diverse and things like that. Um we can do anything from like canvassing neighborhoods to kind of like put invites out there to catalyzing small groups that are in our church. That this is a place where they can go out and invite, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other sense is like really communicating with our kids and like in small group on Sunday morning. Who are you praying for that comes with you to summit kids to, to mm-hmm. VBS? Um, who are you, how are you going to do that and get kids to be excited and to celebrate those kinds of things mm-hmm. organically in their small groups as well as corporately, like in the large group talk on like action steps yeah. and things.
1: Yeah, that's great. We do typically, though, try to partner with families by creating kind of a calendar of, hey, this is what your kids are going to be talking about on Sunday mornings. In their small group time, they're going to be naming a person. So ask your kid this weekend who they named that they want to come to VBS with them. And then the next week, it would be, um, like Tyler said, come up with a plan of how you're going to ask Mm-hmm. Um, and so week after week, it's not just communicating that with kids during their small group time. It's also communicating that so that mom and dad are part of that conversation as well. Yeah, that's great. What does
3: success look like for VBS? Like, obviously, we want kids to hear the gospel. We want them to respond to the gospel. But oftentimes in grade school, those VBS is really a time to plant those seeds. And then you hope that you'll see the fruit of that. Sometimes you don't, sometimes you do. And I feel like sometimes in a VBS context, you can't really measure success on how many people came to know Jesus. Cause I feel like that's just, you just don't know. Like you could have had a great week and planted a ton of seeds that your leaders may not know by what happens by the end of Thursday or Friday or the end of the week. And so when you guys are looking at VBS, What does success look like?
2: Often we say that the win is in the ask. So like with our kids, we don't celebrate whether a kid came with them. We Mm -hmm. celebrate the fact that they asked someone to come, you know, Uh, and we kind of coach families on that from a staffing side, like how we celebrate that might might be reoriented into like goals, right? So you heard Mm -hmm. pretty um, large numbers of like regular attendance, but like the number that we would celebrate isn't, hey, we had... 300 kids at VBS. Hey, we have 50 kids that don't come to our church, come Mm -hmm. into our doors and hear the gospel. I think it's like a, a, and having ways to measure that. So whatever registration looks like, whatever, all that, like thinking through it so that you can measure it and then also follow up from it. um, What would it look like if all 50 of those kids got a phone call or a gift um, two weeks later after they came to VBS? Um, yeah. we've had stories following first time guests off of VBS and they brought their parents to church. And now their those parents are heavily involved and back in church for the first time in a long time, you know, um, just time after time again, like hearing those stories and not necessarily ce- celebrating like the big number that preaches, right? Like that, mm-hmm. wow, we have this many kids. Um, but celebrating the stories and the individuals of this was our goal and we hit our goal through this and that happened because we taught our kids about being a witness you know yeah um, finding out those measurables
1: yeah I measure success if I have more kids than Tyler does
2: look what she does too is she like they've had <laughs> Megan's uh, good enough at her job that they're planting campuses off of her campus and now she's like adding in multiple campuses <laughs> to That's go true. into that.
3: That's totally true.
2: And I'm like, you can't do that anymore.
3: (laughs) Hey, that's great. You're just multiplying, right?
1: (laughs) That's not a bad thing. It's all about because we were really good at evangelism, Tyler.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Megan is also very humble. So, um. (laughs) so, what's funny because we kind of flip this. I'm normally the one uh that's bragging (laughs) numbers.
3: (laughs) I know you guys are being. So funny. Okay, so but my question is to be real, let's let's get back into the conversation. Let's focus. Uh, do you guys each do a BBS at every single campus or do you guys combine
1: at all? Some of our campuses do combine. Some of our some of our campuses at Summit are mobile campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's harder to either find locations or to get inside of the schools or whatever their um, temporary location is, mobile location is. And so they will partner um, with some of our other campuses. So, yeah, I think we have VBS at six locations this year.
2: Is That's that a right? good guess. That's, they're not in our prison campus, but they'll be in all the other permanent campuses. Yeah, I hope and, y'all caught that joke. By the way,
1: <laughs> they won't be in the prison campuses.
2: Yeah,
1: oh, we can't take you anywhere. You can <laughs> maybe.
2: Uh, one
3: else.
1: Okay. But <laughs> the rest, our other mobile locations. Um, typically partner with our permanent locations. We do have a couple of our of our temporary or our mobile locations that um are gonna have their own VBS. They have a um a midweek space that they're able to use. And so we're super excited for them to be able to.
2: Well, and the other thing that uh, um, they're able to do, like they have a midweek space or they're taking it to a neighborhood or mm-hmm. something like that. Like um, we had and honestly, the creativity that we had to do for COVID opened up different ideas of how a successful yep. BBS could like look like. And some of those we should continue to do because it was more strategic and it got into community centers or or stuff like that.
1: Yeah. I feel like another cool thing that we've seen is that some of our families will go through VBS with our campuses and then take it to their neighborhood or take it to a different location um, throughout the city. So that's a cool way to measure success as well. Yeah, that's really fun. Uh,
3: Okay. Talking quickly about volunteers for VBS, because when I, so for example, when I was on staff at a multi-site church similar to summit, we did a lot of events centrally. And so most of our events did not happen campus to campus. We would like combine forces and work together on things. And so with this many VBSs happening, how do you recruit enough volunteers? What does that look like to recruit your volunteers and to train your volunteers to lead and run VBS?
2: Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a a saying that I've coined that uh, uh and I'm going to say it this way but a kid's problem is a campus problem, you know? Mm-hmm. So like another sense of this is like this is not a uh, VBS is not a kids event. It mm-hmm. is a campus outreach event and like yeah. branding it to the campus like that. The other and and knowing how to do that. So other things I've said to our campus uh, here's a, a, a local mission trip that you don't have to raise funds for that you can go to, that you're sent yeah. to. Uh, this is a way that we're bringing the kids of our city into our doors, you know, yeah. and like it connecting with the mission of summit of being sent or connecting with that kind of DNA
1: mm-hmm. uh, and how we
2: communicate that is, is I think, super important in that. The other yeah. part of that is thinking through critically – what can everybody do advertising those things and then for people to catch the vision of oh i want to do this or i want to do this mm-hmm. there's so many roles at vbs that have nothing to do with being directly with kids totally the entire campus to be able to pull off um and you know so that's 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 the big part of that
1: yeah I think another really important thing when we talk to leaders about um, serving at VBS, we um, talk about how discipleship um, is found in relationship or happens in relationship. Um, And this is another opportunity for our Sunday morning leaders or for our staff team to really be able to get to know and build relationships with their kids. Um, or the kids that they serve each weekend. Um, it allows them to have those relationships so that when kids are asking these questions, then they're coming back and talking to these these faces because they're the ones that have shown up and been a part of their life and have really shown that they um, care and want to invest in the lives of kids.
2: Well, that made me think of something. But Pro tip on when you're using the campus, a lot of times those people aren't currently serving in your kids' ministry. Mm -hmm. And then what you do is you see so many people gifted at so many different things that that is the launching point to get them involved each and every week. Mm -hmm. And because VBS has so much intentionality, a lot of times it's so fun. And that impression is like you can literally do this every single week. Um, and people see their capability and understand what they're capable of and see the joy of kids responding and things like that. And that's like a critical time as like a kid's pastor to cast vision for kids' ministry and people being involved with that on a regular basis. Um, And and I think that's just like big picture. That's like a byproduct of something we get from involving the campus into it as that is a strategic recruiting time for the weekend regularly. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
3: for sure. And I love, sometimes I feel like kids ministry leaders or churches are like, oh, VBS is like an evangelism tool. It's like a week to bring in people from the community, but they actually don't take the step of inviting the community. They just like put up a sign and they say, our VBS is this week, or they like throw it up in a coffee shop or something like that. But there's no actual asking happening. They're just publicizing it to a newspaper or whatever they do in that town slash city. And I feel like the the part that you guys have caught on to is like, no, if we want our people to be in the doors that don't normally come to church, we have to actually ask them. We can't just depend on a flyer or we can't depend on putting a big sign on the lawn, front lawn of our church to hit people who are driving by. But like I, I think that is the intentional step that you guys have chosen to make. Of like, no, this this is a, going to be an opportunity to bring our community inside the church building, and I think that is really special. And I think that is challenging to other kids ministry leaders who maybe are on the fence of should we do VBS, should we not do VBS? We're not getting as much as community involvement as we wanted to, but then it's like, oh, let's stop and assess and say, are we actually? doing the hard work of inviting our community or are we just assuming they're going to see a sign and want to come to church
2: yeah i would yeah. say that if we didn't do that and um for me vbs wouldn't be worth it like if mm-hmm. we didn't do that then we're putting a bunch of resources in that we should put in our weekend pro- programming and discipleship yeah um, and so that, like it's essential like without that purpose then then why do it
1: yeah. Well, people want to be invited into things. They want a personal invitation, whether it's the kids that um, are asking their friends to come with them or whether it's coming alongside other leaders, um, both staff, people in the church and people who may not or may serve in kids ministry. They want a personal ask to be a part of something. Um, they mm-hmm. want a place where they can belong and make a difference. Yeah.
3: So before we switch over to camp, because that's kind of our next thing that we're going to talk about, is I would love to know what is your favorite part of VBS?
1: Oh, all of it? <laughs> no,
3: Megan, you have, you have to pick one thing. What's like the most thing that, the most thing that doesn't make sense, but what's the one thing that you look forward to the most about thinking about
1: BBS? Um, I think... It's probably the mission focus that we do. Like I love the evangelism focus because we see all the kids coming, um, but we also have a mission focus that we do each year. And to watch mm-hmm. our kids work together to reach a goal, um, to be able to serve the people in their community, is it, it's just really beautiful to me. Um, I think it's giving our kids a, a bigger picture than what's right in front of their face all the time. Um, and I, I want my kids to be able to see that. Um, and I want the kids around us to be able to see that the world is a much bigger place than what's right outside their front door. Yeah, that's great.
2: Yeah. This answer is going to be completely on brand. Um, but (laughs) Megan's is way more holier than mine. Mine is the week after that we get off. Um, no, um, (laughs) Uh, Actually, my favorite part of of VBS is that moment where everything is so hype and exciting Mm -hmm. and you like create all these elements. Now, you don't need a bunch of fancy stuff. The secret sauce of that is really good leaders. Okay, Mm -hmm. but really good leaders coming to this moment where these kids are so excited to be there that when they're going home, they're like, I got to come back. Mm -hmm. Like that's the opportunity that we get for our kids and for the ones that they invite. So,
1: right. yeah. Well, and to yep. see it click with leaders too. When it clicks with a leader that they're a part of something special is a really exciting moment as well. Again, yeah. more holy
2: than I am. So,
1: yeah. I love hearing stories from
3: the leaders about their kids. Like, oftentimes, you'll all be sitting in the hallway during VBS. This happened this past summer. And the leader comes up to me and she was like, oh, this child in my group just like said X, Y, and Z and like was so excited. And like, it finally like watching them see what I see so much on Sunday morning, even as a volunteer, as someone who volunteers in their kids ministry, I see a lot of the light bulb moments for kids, but to have a leader at BBS see those moments and be equally as excited. I'm like, yes, like, let's like celebrate this together. And so that's always a fun moment. Uh, okay. I have another practical question for you before we jump to camp because all these questions are spinning in my head. When do you train your volunteers for VBS? Do you do an online training? Do you just expect everybody to know what's happening? Do you gather your people together before VBS? What does that look like for you guys and your teams? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cute. Good job, guys.
1: <laughs> um, we do all of those things. So okay. we do have an in person training for all of our volunteers. Um, we try to make it a fun night. Um, I don't know how our other campuses do it, but we typically order some pizza and sit around and talk about all the different roles and the vision and mission and all of the things. Um, but we also know that schedules are crazy and people have kids or people are out of town. And so we try to also schedule, um, an online training for our leaders as well. Um, Typically with both of those, there's an email that's sent out afterward that has every single bit of information in it um, that they'll need to be able to make the week successful for themselves and for their kids. That's great. It's always
3: it's always good to know how other people are training volunteers. I feel like I get that question a lot in regards to VBS. Okay. Shifting gears. So mm-hmm. thinking end of the summer, you guys are taking your kids to camp. Walk us through what that looks like. What age group are you taking to camp? How many kids do you take to camp? Where do you go? Talk about like just the basics of camp with summer kids.
2: Yeah. So we take rising third graders to rising fifth graders uh, to camp. And so um, uh, we, we actually go about an hour away. Um. From, well, I, I say an hour away. It's relative to which campus you go to. Um, it's two hours for Megan. It's an hour for us. Um, obviously, I choose the location. Um, so, <laughs> um, but uh, we go. We we go to a place where um, it's just a, a catalyst. Like the place that we go is Camp Willow Springs. So I'm gonna give them a shout out. It's a wonderful mm-hmm. uh camp location. Honestly, what we get to do there. Is hard to replicate at other places um, mm-hmm. It has a lake it has facilities that are continuing to grow and and things like that and it's just a, a, a pretty amazing um, spot and that's why we go there we have a great partnership with Camp Willow Spring and so um, and then uh, curriculum wise we take the theme that we've had all summer, and then we don't necessarily use lesson. We will sometimes carry over lessons or, or things like that, but we fit that theme into what we're teaching so okay. that it is caught. Right. So it's memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, this year we're doing ready, set, move at VBS. Um, we're doing ready, set, move also at camp, but the idea coming off of VBS is what does it mean that we're sent? Um mm-hmm. Say ready, set, move, save to be sent, and what does that mean for our kids? And so, like, we just kind of themed that, even though that's not in our VBS curriculum whatsoever, we're carrying the the theming over to be able to make connections with the kids.
3: That's great. And so, you guys take all your campuses go the same week to camp.
2: Yeah, same it's week? actually one of the unique things that we. It's one place where all of our campuses go. Mm-hmm. Our powers are combined as kids directors for one week, and it's it's pre- awesome. it's actually pretty special, pretty amazing, which is why I think it's one of the – I know we love VBS, but it's why it's one of my favorite thing that we do and why I think mm-hmm. camp is so impactful because we're all thinking about it.
1: Yeah. To rewind just a little bit too, Lauren, we take one week and split it into two sessions. So kids will come either Sunday to Wednesday or Wednesday to Saturday, Um, like Tyler said, we have um, registration open for all of our campuses. And so it really encourages our parents to have those conversations about, Hey, when is your kid going to camp and try Mm -hmm. to get those groups together? Um, But also gives our kids a chance to experience um, one church that meets in multiple locations um, and get to know some friends at at different campuses. And so having kids at both sessions that come from all different campuses just creates a really neat atmosphere. And like Tyler said, too, we have a lot of fun um, being able to work together. It's a great way to end the summer. Mm -hmm.
3: So your kids are only gone, what, two nights, three nights?
2: It's three three nights. Okay. Um, And like, it's over the course of four days, but Mm -hmm. it's like 5 p.m. to like, 11 a.m. Yeah. last day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I know
3: sometimes the idea of taking of kids like sleeping away for a full five days can be really insane to some people of like, Oh my gosh, taking kids away for that long. They're overnight. Some of these third graders have probably never been away from their families before that long. And so I feel like that three night is a good kind of like intro because then does your students, do your students go away for the whole week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's also cost effective. Like
3: mm-hmm.
2: there's, so there's reasons why people don't, don't go to camp and yeah. we're trying to take away those re- reasons. Right. One of them is length. Another is cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one is school. So, um, and mm-hmm. like, what if they're in school? And so we have two options. One, they'll miss more school. The other, they'll miss, miss less school. So, um, yeah. And smiling because I have this saying that I have never actually said to parents. <laughs> Um, do you want your kids to go to college or to heaven? And that's why she's smiling right now. Um, I would never actually promote camp that way, by the right. way. Right. But I mean, for real though, like let's think yes. about eternity in light of what we're making decisions for. Because
1: right. isn't other, that true that, that where you guys are at, it's year-round school? Yes, I yeah. was about to say for other people who may be listening, we have year-round schools in the triangle. Yep.
3: Which is good to know. Because some people listening maybe have that or maybe don't. So that's always helpful. Okay, so talking about camp, how many volunteers do you take with you? When you have all your kids' staff, which is probably a ton of people. But then do you guys need volunteers on top of that?
1: We do. Each um, each one of our cabins is split into two separate sides. And each side will hold 11 people. So, okay. um Our number one policy in summit kids is that you are 100% seen 100% of the time. And so we have two adults and what does that leave? Eight kids, nine kids on each side Mm -hmm. of the cabin. Um, So there are a lot of adults that go with us um, to camp. Like we had talked about with VBS too, though. A lot of those are parents who some are serving in summit kids. Some of them are not serving in summit kids. So it's a great onboarding Um, it's a very in-depth onboarding um, and and serving with kids as well.
2: And some of those parents are going because they're nervous about their kids spending the night, and that's a good leeway and pitch to get them to go.
3: Yeah. 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 Uh, I've heard that phrase 100% seen 100% of the time many times recently. (laughs) (laughs) That was like, we talk about that a lot at Storyline, which makes sense now that it's a thing at Summit. Anyways, okay. So <laughs> talking about talking about camp. What makes camp different from a typical Sunday morning? How do you guys obviously there's the overnight piece which is there? But like what are some aspects of maybe like your large group time, your small group time, the times when you guys are all gathered together? What does that look like and how is it different from what kids experience on a Sunday morning?
2: Yeah. So at camp, um, it's what I, I think the phrase I would say is it's intentional discipleship, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, from there's going to be a small group time, and maybe that is reflective of what we do on Sunday mornings, but in, intentionally the goal of those small group leaders is to have a spiritual conversation with the kids.
0: Mm-hmm. like for the,
2: and for the kids, maybe it's the very first time that they're assessing what does my relationship look like with God. And they're not in the umbrella of their parents. But yet this is the biggest service that we can do for their parents and having someone else echoing the spiritual concern for their lives. Yeah. Um, And then uh, we do quiet time. One of our biggest goals and one thing that we tell parents is like, we're going to help them have a consistent time for a week or for the Mm. time there. Um, And we've had so many stories coming off of that as now they will. They just continue to read their Bible now. More yeah. often than we do, we as parents are challenged to be able to do that. And then finally, for the worship time, it's creating moments to be in awe of God that you don't get the opportunity to do on a weekend. You know, yeah. on a weekend, you're probably you got an hour and a half where you're fitting in small group and large group, and you're you're working through curriculum, and you you're working through like uh, many different things, gospel project, orange curriculum, whatever you're using here. We are preaching and having church and teaching worship to the kids. Mm-hmm. We are teaching it in such a way that they can grasp it, uh, where we can make sermons come alive to them and bringing them to a point of response. Um, now, we're not manipulating any kind of decisions. Actually, we're very much against that. Uh, but we are bringing to a response of what are you going to do with Jesus? You know, what, yeah. what does that mean uh, for him? And Megan, what would you add to that?
1: No, I think, I think you covered a lot of it really well. Um, The intentionality and being able to sit in a space with kids and point them toward what a relationship with Jesus looks like um, is our whole goal for camp. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just creating those spaces is so important. Yeah,
3: that's good. Oh, go ahead.
2: Well, I was going to say, and then there's byproducts off of a lot of those things that camp itself facilitates that we aren't necessi- like we can be intentional about it but like mm-hmm. the relationships with other kids the friendships that form that are able to do that and the other reason we're so intentional with it is we want when it's time for kids when they're in student ministry and things like that camp is a normal thing it's normalized right. to the life of what they're doing yeah. and so it's one of the best ways we can even hand the baton off by getting kids comfortable at camp and expecting God to move so that when in their student lives, when they're there for a little longer and they continue to build that, that that's what we're doing um, with them. So,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. I well,
1: one, that. one of oh, the other ahead. things too, is that you, we talk often about how kids need other adults speaking truth into their life to mm-hmm. continue their walk with the Lord. And so for kids to be able to see adults living out their faith um, and having fun doing it, Um, allows them to start building those relationships with those five or six other trusted people that hopefully those relationships can continue um, throughout their time um, in kids ministry and student ministry um, so that they do have those people to go to. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, that's really good. And that kind of goes along with kind of my next question of like what, when you say discipleship, when you say an intentional time of discipleship, what does that actually mean? mean? How would you describe maybe like Summit Kids or Summit as a whole philosophy around discipleship? I think discipleship was one of those words that kind of has this question mark around it of like, what does this actually look like, especially for third, fourth, and fifth graders where maybe they're just hearing about Jesus and the gospel for the first time and they can't, students has this own, like maybe they can hang out as a small group after students, like they just have this It's an easier way in student ministry with, like, middle school and high schoolers to have this, like, hangout time. And that doesn't typically happen during the year in kids. And so what does discipleship actually look like or mean when you guys are encouraging your volunteers to disciple kids over the course of camp?
1: I think... I think one of the things that I would point to is um, is that discipleship um, on Sunday mornings, sorry, on Sunday mornings, we do have um, small groups of kids that, you know, meet together to discuss what they've talked about during a Sunday morning. Um, we're hoping that those are consistent groups of kids who can mm-hmm. continue to build those relationships and they would have the same consistent leader. And we invite our leaders to come to camp so that they can build those deeper relationships with kids. But it's about speaking truth into, um, the opportunities, the intentional discipleship opportunities happen in those, um, those quiet time moments or those small group cabin time moments. Um, Where they're digging into what they've just heard a little bit more, but they're also talking life with kids, um, learning who they are, um, learning what life looks like for them and learning where they are in their relationship with the Lord, um, helping to answer some of those questions that they have. Um, And then, you know, hopefully a lot of those, a lot of those adults will be the ones that are in their classes on Sunday mornings, but if not the people that they recognize in the hallway, or they can have, um, conversations with outside of the walls of summit kids Mm -hmm. I actually had a conversation with somebody earlier this week who, um, I was talking about summer calendar and how now that one thing is finished for the year, you know, there are other things that are starting and, the whole thought of discipleship happens in relationship. Like you have to have a foundation of relationship to be able to speak truth into somebody's life. And so, yeah, I may put five extra events for our elementary kids on our calendar for the summer outside of VBS and camp with hopes that they're going to both of those things too. But this is an opportunity. Like you said, Lauren, you know, we don't, we don't get to just hang out with, our elementary kids, we -hmm. don't, we can go to their, their games or their plays at school or whatever, but we can't just on a Wednesday night, go hang out at McDonald's or whatever. Um, Bojangles, (laughs) I don't know, Waffle House. Um, but we can have these moments over the summer where we can build relationships with kids so that we can have that discipleship voice in their life. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. I would just like to say that you should not be meeting up with kids at Waffle House. Um, <laughs> I'm
1: talking about students doing I'm that. Not, <laughs> I said we can, um, yes.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, I think Megan described it well, but intentionality means like one, there's times that we're going to be talking about the gospel and it's scheduled yeah. mm-hmm. and then intentionality in that you're going to be in this relationship and in this cabin with this leader.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know? And so even the organic times are intentional. Uh right. and and I think it's just thought through in terms of like you like I mean Deuteronomy six played out not through parents but through leaders, and that's mm-hmm. why they're at camp. You yeah.
3: know. Yeah, I love that. I love that camp is a intentional time, like there's no screens, like you're Walking, place it, like it's just an intentional time to where to literally use every moment to build relationships and not every moment needs to be this like Jesus focused, like it could be like, what's your favorite color? What do you love to do at home? Like what sport, like let's talk about sports or whatever. I don't know, whatever third through fifth graders are talking about these days, but it is that building relationships so that when those conversations around Jesus happen, it's happening in the context of relationship, which we all know goes a lot further than having a Jesus conversation with someone who you don't know and someone who is a a stranger to you. And so I think that's really sweet how you've weaved those in, in the hopes that they'll see them again on Sunday morning. And like, I think one of my like fondest memories of camp, because I grew up going to camp as a kid and as a student is like some of those leaders are still in my life today. Like, and just how that is a testimony of my kids' ministry that I was a part of growing up and how intentional those relationships were. And even however long, I was going to say a number, but I won't, however long, however many years later, like here I am as an adult who's following Jesus that has some incredible leaders to continue to look up to. So that's really sweet.
0: Um, Okay. So we're
3: going to shift gears just a little bit. Because VBS and camp are often things that kids are dropped off to or sent to. And sometimes you have some parent involvement if they're volunteering, if they're serving, if they're fellow staff members. But most of the time, these events happen outside of parent family time. And a kids ministry leader would be silly to say that the parents are not the primary spiritual voice, even when their kids are at camp, right? Or even when their kids are at VBS, you still want to be championing the parent and encouraging and equipping them to be that primary spiritual voice. So we're going to talk a little bit about partnering with parents throughout the summer and those specific events, but also a question that comes up a lot is how do you have a gospel conversation with kids? Sometimes elementary kids, whether we're talking kindergarten through fifth grade or just that third through fifth grade, um, you have a wide range of kids. You have some kids who have never heard the gospel before, some kids who have never gone a day in their life without hearing the name of Jesus. And so what does a gospel presentation or a gospel conversation look like? And what does it look like to equip your volunteers to have those conversations? So all that to say, let's jump in. Let's talk about the parents talk about for VBS and camp how do you guys continue to partner with parents in those spaces so that they continue to win
1: outside of VBS and camp so Tyler mentioned um Deuteronomy 6 just a few minutes ago and the daily rhythms that Moses talks about um, in those verses and so we've tried to push, Um, we've tried to push that with our parents a lot to see these daily rhythms, things that happen every single day, regardless of what the schedule looks like, um, to be intentional in their time with their kids. So one of the things that we do with VBS specifically is we'll send home a parent connection email after each night about, Mm -hmm. Hey, this is what your kids learned at VBS today. And here's a way that you can connect with them during drive time or during meal time, um, just so parents are starting some sort of conversation, so that VBS doesn't end, um, you know, when they get in the car or when they get home. Um, but those conversations can continue um, throughout the course of um, the week, and then hopefully further than that. Um, mm-hmm. I think with camp, our parents are given a prayer guide and a guide of the things that um, we're talking about throughout camp as well. And so um, they can continue those conversations once kids get home um, for parents to be asking, you know, how did the Lord work and move in your heart at camp? Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of gospel conversations stem from just asking questions um, to be willing to get into you. Um, conversations that can get hard and we don't always have all the answers for, um, but just opening up and letting our kids know that we're, we're there and we're ready to have those conversations.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: That's great.
2: Yeah. um, The biggest part of that is not just having the events just to have the events, but the intentionality Mm -hmm. before and after. And what does that look like? You know, um, how do you let the kid like let the parents in on what the kids are doing while you're at camp? You know? Um, we've live streamed um worship times at camp to parents before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously it's dependent on where you're having camp um
3: right.
2: and the ability to do that. Uh to like, hey, here's what they're talking about here. This here's where they're talking about at the end, and this is what this gift is when they go home, so that you can talk about it. Um mm-hmm. and think through all of how do we set up the parent to have this spiritual conversation.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So um, yeah. I can, I could dive in a little bit to the spiritual side of the conversation. Um, yep. Go there. For it. So My favorite thing that we do is have these conversations with kids. Like, uh, you know, I love, I love having a volunteer team, right. I love um, recruiting to kids ministry. I love doing all that, but like, Why I wake up in the morning is to hear that people are coming to Jesus, particularly um, kids, like just to hear them articulate it. Um, And in doing that, you know, there's a time that you teach the gospel and there's a time that you want them to articulate it to you. Mm -hmm. For us as a church, like when we're talking about, let's say you're having a conversation to see if a kid's ready for baptism. One of the most important things that you can do is to not lead the conversation. But to ask open-ended questions to be able to get into that, because mm-hmm. from a from a kid staff part, I want to know, do they have an age-appropriate articulation of the gospel? Every kid knows how to say yes and no. And so right. you ask the question, do you believe in Jesus? They know the church answer if they've come any amount of time. Mm-hmm. To understand what they believe, begin to ask open-ended questions. So what is mm-hmm. sin? Why do you want to be baptized? Uh, and then e- sometimes it's off of those questions that you know what's the next, que- next question to ask. Who yeah. is Jesus? What did he come to do for you? Um, and hearing them articulate it in a way that you're able to understand what they conceptualize and what they don't understand. In that, you'll hear if I want to be baptized because I want to become a Christian, then mm-hmm. you know what to teach from. Right. Um, and, and, and so that's like a major aspect of, of it. Um, now there's another part of this that I talk about with parents and, and I'll pause on that here for a second, but that open-ended conversation like that, like it is, it's important to do that. So, so many people will tell kids what they need to believe and get their right. affirmation with a yes. And, and that, that you don't really actually understand what they believe, you know? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you use those open-ended questions to know if kids are ready to take that next step in whether it's salvation step or you talked about the baptism step. And so sometimes this question gets thrown around in the kids ministry world of like, how do you know if kids are actually saved or if they're just saying things because they feel like they're supposed to say things?
2: Yeah. How would you... Yeah. This is where I think the partnership with parents... Because and a kids' ministry our size, you know, you can't always yeah. know kids and, and where they're at. I mean, totally. even if you have a kids' ministry of 40 kids, you may mm-hmm. know 20 really well, and then the others are coming forward and they're like, hey, they want to talk about baptism. So yeah. I think you have to enter into this conversation as a partner with the parent.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: then from For me, as as a member of the church and representing the church, do they have this age-appropriate articulation of the gospel? Then, yeah. how do we know a, an adult is a Christian, right? Well that's if it's true for adults, it's true for kids mm-hmm. um and while it seems like it'd be more complicated for kids, and often it is because you're also looking at learning ages and uh development ages and things like that, and so that's why we say age appropriate articulation, but there's another sense where what does the Bible tell us about people who are Christians? Mm-hmm. They have an affinity towards the things of God, yeah. Doesn't mean a kid is excited about everything at church, but they are excited about some things in God, you know, or or maybe many things. They're excited to tell other people about God. They're excited mm-hmm. um, to invite people into what God's doing in their lives. They're in and they're constantly doing that. Um, they have the characteristics in their lives of the fruit of the spirit, you know, mm-hmm. love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, those things are seen and not once in their life, but over a course of time. Yeah. And then finally, um, you know, we could end it there and almost be like, so if my kids are really good, actually, I would say a genuine remorse for sin. Yeah. Is there a sign that they have repented and they understand the weight of their sin? Mm -hmm. And not like I got a consequence, I got caught, and so now I'm sad, but I was wrong, and I'm really sorry. There is a difference. And the people that can tell that are the people who are going to camp with them, and they're in like close relationship and proximity with them.
1: Yeah. Parents
2: that have so much more time with them. Mm -hmm. So my role is to ask these questions, these really good questions to parents so that they can help evaluate that and then encourage them to take the time to be able to evaluate it. Um, And then from that, if the kid is driving the bus and their answers are consistent over a course of time, then let them take the step of obedience and and tell the church that they're ready to be, that they are a Christian and they're ready to be baptized, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's a tension and, and, and you're trying to find that out, but also you're not trying to uh, quench what the spirit is actually doing. And so Mm -hmm. I think opening and asking those questions is super important.
3: Yeah. One thing that I uh, just recently had a conversation about, we were talking about baptism and how do you know kids are ready to get baptized? And in my experience, it's that they not only like say it once, but they continue to say, I want to get baptized. I want to get baptized. I want to get baptized. Like, I feel like in kids, it's just, it like radiates from who they are because they are so excited about Jesus. And they're so excited to tell their church that they are a Christian, that they love Jesus. They want to follow him for all the days of their life. And it is Like it's something that you see and it's, it's just a cool thing that I think is unique to kids ministry of being able to see those little life changes. I feel like with adults you get, sometimes you get those radical Paul stories that are night and day differences, but with kids, you see those small things where it's like someone at their school is being bullied and you see them be brave and stand up and say, this is not right. Like you see those small acts Mm-hmm. Of Jesus working in and the Holy Spirit working in and through them, and so I think that is really sweet. But I think that's incredibly helpful because this is a conversation where some leaders just don't know how to navigate it. Um, now, here's another question: in a VBS or a camp like setting, do you equip your volunteers to also have these conversations, or do you try and say, "Hey, volunteers, if this is if this conversation is happening." pull in a staff member or pull in an elder or pull in someone from the pastoral staff. What does that look like? How do you equip volunteers to, if they're maybe caught off guard with the conversation that comes up, what does that look like for your ministry to equip volunteers in these gospel conversations?
1: We do equip leaders to have those conversations. Um, it's part of our, um, it's part of our curriculum, but it's also part of our leader training. Mm -hmm. Um, we definitely want them to have a part in the conversation because they're the ones that have had that relationship with the kid for, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years. Um, We also point all of our leaders to um, point kids to our gospel and baptism class. So we're glad that they've had a conversation with a leader. So let's take the next step. Um, Definitely mom and dad. And then at at all of our campuses, we have a way for parents to know when those classes are happening over the summer um, and throughout the school year um, so that they can take that next step to sit down and talk with staff people, um, with mom and dad there um, about what the gospel is and then what baptism is, um, and then continue those conversations out, out of that class. Yeah.
3: What happens when a parent, this could also be a volunteer, but in a circumstance where parents are, well, I'm assuming that all your volunteers have like signed either like a statement of faith or something so that they are Christians teaching your kids. But in a lot of scenarios, parents are not believers. And so what does that look like? Or maybe it's a foster care situation or they only have one parent coming with them to church. What does that look like? How do you partner with parents that may not be... Believers and their kids are being changed by the gospel either on Sundays or at camp. How do you continue to still partner with them when they maybe fully don't grasp their responsibility as a parent? Mm.
2: Yeah, I've had a situation where I did this baptism counseling with the kid and I thought that the kid was a Christian and the parent was not. Um, And I think at that point, you have an opportunity to share the gospel through Mm -hmm. what's going on with their kid. And I think you just see it as an opportunity. Like this is an opportunity to tell this person what God is doing in their kid's life. The kid is going to proclaim the gospel through baptism to their parent. And then the follow up that you would normally give to every parent, you make sure you do to that one mm-hmm. to make sure that they are hearing. Okay, this is the decision that they've made. This is what this means. This is how this is going to continue to do that. And you can encourage consistency for the church's participation in the kid's life, even if the parent's not fully bought in. Hey, this mm-hmm. is what's God's doing, and this is how we want to continue to cultivate it. You mm-hmm. know, like um, while maybe they're not owning the spiritual aspect because I mean a blind person is blind right Mm -hmm. um they are coming to you and they're sitting with you in a meeting or they're choosing to take the child to church for whatever reason that uh, that is and so that is an opportunity
3: Mm -hmm. yeah I love that what what a great opportunity is to just proclaim the gospel and like and just continue to pray that this one child will change the nature of his family in generations. And so that's always a sweet reminder.
2: And the beauty of it is if you can explain the gospel clearly to the kid, you can definitely explain the gospel clearly to any parent.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very true. So listeners, if kids ministry leaders are listening and they are on the fence about doing a VBS or maybe they're on the fence about taking their kids to camp, How would you encourage them to, you don't need to like sway them to make a decision. Obviously, you guys are big fans of VBS and camp. So what would you say? Like, what would be your words of encouragement to leaders who are on the fence about doing some sort of summer events for their ministry?
2: Remember the why of why you want to do it. You know, if you can hit the why, if you can execute the why, like, don't just do it just to do it. If you don't have a why, then it's not worth your time or resources and focus on the things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. But if your why gets at what who you are as a church and what you're trying to do and cultivate the moments in your family's lives, then go for it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and watch what God can do in those, those moments.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, we, we want church to be a place where kids belong, where they feel like they're at home. And so what better way to create an environment for a kid to come and have fun and be loved for and cared for um and pointed to Jesus than summer programming um it gives us that opportunity to build relationships so that we can have those discipleship opportunities um throughout the school year
2: You know that's a great point Megan next time I'm going to make that idea my own but um <laughs> Like the 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 idea of like you want people are going to be competing to disciple your kids outside of the church with mm-hmm. whatever it is they want to disciple. There's a week that they could be discipled by Disney Plus or they could go to camp. You know, wh- wh- what's better? They yeah. could go to school or they could go to. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to bring that back up. I'm not, not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, my goodness. Okay. Anything that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Anything else? Last minute thoughts about camp, BBS, gospel conversations, partner with parents. We covered so much. Any last thoughts?
1: I think one thing to remember for parents is just to start somewhere. Um, it's easy to um, look at those discipleship moments, those family worship times, and they don't go the way that you have planned, and they're messy and you're like we're not doing that ever again um but consistently showing up is more important than um how messy it may mm-hmm. look um yeah. you can preach um or you can you can give your kids more in 5 minutes at the dinner table than they're ever going to get um you know on a sunday morning or during a 20 minute sermon Um, so just consistently show up, start Mm -hmm. something and continue it. Um, Justin Early's book, um, Habits of the Household was an incredible, um, it's an incredible tool to think of just places to start. Um, and one of the things that he says is, um, it's something like the thing that we, the thing that we had done became the thing that we did. Mm-hmm. And he was meaning that they had tried something consistently over and over and over again. And finally, the night that he was like, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, his kids were like, well, aren't we gonna? And so yep. that consistency is so important in those gospel conversations and those intentional moments with our kids. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to look beautiful, but start um, and keep it up.
3: Yeah. That's a good, that's a good reminder for kids ministry leaders. Cause even that applies to stuff on Sunday morning and it's stuff that volunteers are doing. It's like you consistently show up and sometimes small group feels like nothing is happening. And like, even as like, I teach large group at church on Sunday mornings and some Sundays I walk out of there and I'm like, I don't know if they heard a single word of the things that I said, but it's the consistency and you go back next week. And that's such a good reminder for both parents and volunteers of like, you don't know how God is working. And so you just consistently show up and you preach the gospel and you choose to believe that you're doing all that you can to continue to put the story of Jesus in front of these kids and, um, just pray that he continues to work. So that's awesome. Tyler, you want to compete with that?
2: Uh, No, I'm not going to go the parent angle with with Megan. What I would say is, let me just say it from like a, from a a leader or a staffing part. Mm -hmm. Um, Kids are going to be excited about what you're excited about, right? So no matter what resources you have, no matter what everything is behind you, if you're excited to be there, you could only have a toothpick for a game and the kids could love it. It could be the highlight of it because you were excited about it.